This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about pineapple. Yes, suggested by listener Laura. Thank you, listener Laura. Thank you. As usual, like, I think we're going to be saying this every week from now until eternity, and unless we're doing something crazy. I can't believe it's taken us so long to get to pineapple. This is episode number 391. Uh-huh. Matthew, it's really, so this is going to air the end of June. Mm-hmm. This show is nine and a half years old as of this month. That's so old that like that's long after a kid stops saying I'm nine and a half. Yes. Right? Yeah. June is still solidly at the like every quarter counts. Nice. So June is six and three (laughs) Three quarters. quarters. Nice. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Matthew, before we begin, we wanted to talk about Producer Abby has a new podcast. Yes. uh, So Producer Abby has a new podcast that she's producing. Uh, She is the events coordinator at Book Larder, the community cookbook store in Seattle. And she is now producing the Book Larder podcast, which you can get wherever podcasts are sold. And uh, the first episode has Ruth Reichel. The second episode, which I just listened to, um, it is uh, Matt and Ted Lee talking about their new book about the catering industry. I knew nothing about the catering industry, and this was so fascinating. It's a great conversation with Warren Etheridge, who I think interviewed us once. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, So go go listen to the Book Larder podcast. What are you doing here? God, they've got like a real slam dunk opening lineup. Yeah, they got a slump. Wow. Anyway, congratulations, producer Abby. You uh, spread your talents around like like seed. Wow, don't ever say that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess producer Abby could decide whether to keep that in the show or not. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, okay. So, Matthew, let's go down memory lane about pineapple. Okay. My earliest memory of pineapple, I think, is drinking pineapple juice out of the little cans in elementary school. Like it was a thing that we got with school lunch. And they had they were, I think, smaller than this can here today. Maybe I remember they were really, really small. And they had like a white tab Mm -hmm. on the top that covered like um, like a uh, like a stretched out oval shaped. Yes. Opening and when you pulled it, like it was, it was sticky and it would kind of stretch as you pulled it off. Yes, yes. And it would leave behind on the pull tab itself, like a like a 
the part that went over the oval opening. And then you're just drinking kind of from this weird hole. And it's weird, like, how inferior that is to drinking from a flip-top can. Yeah, it's true. Like, it doesn't come out quite right out mm-hmm. of that hole. Well, do you remember? I know oh my this, God, but it tastes, this tastes exactly the same. This isn't the first time we've mentioned cans that you would open with a church key. Right. Do you remember? And um, I remember big cans of, of Dole pineapple juice. Absolutely. They still sell that. I saw them in the store yesterday when I was buying this little can. And I distinctly remember like watching a grown up open it with a church key. Yes. And I don't know when this would have been, like maybe at birthday parties or. I mean, that's a party in a can right there. Do you remember bowls of, I don't know when I would have ever encountered this, maybe at like, I don't know, some weird party or something, <laughs> like a key, key <laughs> party. <laughs> okay, it's church key party. <laughs> church key party. <laughs> anyway, um, like a big punch bowl with like a thing of orange sherbet. <laughs> I'm going in it. home with the deacon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home with the organist. <laughs> I'm so proud of this. Oh, this was great. All right. All right. Thank we're you for listening to our pineapple episode. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you remember like punch bowls in which someone would float like a big old like a uh, half gallon of um, yep. orange sherbet? I and then they like would we pour around it like seven ele- like seven eleven <laughs> in a can. <laughs> they would pour around it seven up. Yep. Uh, I feel like the, I used to encounter like pineapple juice somewhere in this this tableau. That sounds right. I don't remember right? one way or the other, but it certainly would work. Anyway, I remember the little cans of pineapple juice, and f- and they. I don't remember my parents ever buying them. We always had like cran apple juice. Oh yeah, we had cran apple also. I I feel like cranberry. I was gonna say it was bigger when we were kids, but I mean cranberry juice is still very popular now. But I but it was like a real thing. For your kids to drink was like cran apple. Cran apple, yeah. I remember for some reason we didn't buy pineapple juice very often. It seemed like a really special thing. I don't remember and if we ever bought pineapple juice. I only remember having it at school. Or I, or picnics, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um because the little can is a convenient picnic format. God, I'm gonna start I'm gonna up my picnic game this summer with, with pineapple some, juice. With pineapple juice. I feel like we're now we're doing it just doing an ad for pineapple juice. <laughs> up your picnic game with pineapple juice. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) but what I was going to say is that I remember pineapple juice was so far superior to other juices when I was a kid. Like, it was just so much better. There's something about it. Like, it's the perfect blend of, like, tart and sweet. It is... It is the most delicious juice. But it has to be ice cold. Yes. Like, warm pineapple juice is gross. I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, I would. God, Um, this is so delicious. It's so good. I don't know what was it. What what can you even say? Oh my god, that is just great. Uh, what what else about Memory Lane? Okay, so my other pineapple. Yeah, I just realized this show isn't going to be all about pineapple juice. So my other pineapple Memory Lane is in the early two thousands. I uh, went on vacation to Thailand a couple of times, and one of the things I remember best was there were there are fruit vendors on the street, and they would have uh, like a. a plexiglass cart kind of so you could see what fruits are available and be like mango or pineapple Mm -hmm. or papaya Mm -hmm. um and uh i would mostly get the pineapple and it was like almost orange rather than yellow Mm. and uh and you could optionally have like a chili powder mix sprinkled Mm. on it with salt uh, which i would get wow that was the best pineapple i've ever had I, I think that that's a common a common like you know street food in yeah. in in tropical hot, yeah, hot I think places so. like why wouldn't it be right I've had a similar situation in Oaxaca mm-hmm. 
maybe in Costa Rica. I can't remember. Why not? Seems seems logical. I remember my dad buying pineapples when I was a kid. So you know, in addition to inventing Altoids, right, and um, to to being, didn't we call him also? Wasn't he an endive man? He was an endive man. Yes, and. (laughs) Uh, he so he was also, man? like, did he, he was, was also, he a pineapple magnate? He was also a tropical fruit man. Was he an organist? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was also a tropical fruit man. Yeah, like, I remember him <laughs> eating, um, oh, can I just, can I just have a little moment of feeling, Please. like, nostalgic about my dad? So, I, I remember, th- this is not... You can have as much time as you want. I'm going to drink all this pineapple juice. This is not... Not totally related, but I think of my dad... In that case, I'm cutting you off right here. I think of my dad... As buying like mango, papaya, pineapple, and, and melons. These were fruits that I think of my dad as buying. Mm-hmm. And I picture him. So he would go garage sailing on Saturday mornings. <laughs> and he would get he would get a papaya garage no, sale no, no, papaya. No, no, no. And then he would come home and he would make himself like egg salad or something. Okay. And he would drink a beer out of this like specific glass that he poured it into. And then I think of him sitting at the kitchen table with like a big wedge of cantaloupe. Sure. Or a big wedge of papaya and a wedge of lime. Nice. And squeezing the lime over the melon or the papaya and eating it. Like, this is just, like, the dude had, like, r- really great style. Yeah. Now, that's interesting because I think of cantaloupe probably because I grew up with it as being, like, you know, like a classic, uh, you know, Midwestern dad with his cantaloupe kind of food. But papaya feels like a more sophisticated, right? worldly choice. Well, and I, I don't like papaya, mm-hmm. but I always love, I, like, I picture my dad sitting there. I can just see, like, the sophistication of it. He would always also kind of scoop himself a bite that was too big, and then you would see him sort of, like, wrestling it into his mouth. And- yes. Anyway, but... Uh- <laughs> so so he wasn't super coordinated, but he sure loved fruit. <laughs> Rest in peace, Berg. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, okay. So I remember also when mangoes came to Oklahoma grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. What, this was a big deal. It was the, the Oklahoma mango rush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it has not yet been written about. Mm-hmm. But boy, I'm looking forward to researching it for my next book. Okay. Anyway, but I remember my dad coming home with mango, very excited about mango. Yeah. And then I, I also remember my dad bringing home pineapples and cutting them up like it was just like no big thing. I I think a lot of us don't ever think to buy a pineapple and cut it up. You're right. I never think, like, I think I've done it once. I think this pineapple sitting on the table might be the second whole pineapple I've ever bought. Well, I I can picture my dad cutting up pineapple. It was just like a normal thing for him and putting it in, you know, a, in a Tupperware and it would be in the fridge. And I remember eating it for dessert sometimes. Sure. The the other thing that I've always noticed about pineapple, and I forgot to write it on this uh, this agenda, is the acidity of it sometimes burns the roof of my mouth. Me too. Yeah, like, it's super acidic. It's super acidic. I mean, I, you know I've gone what? through periods of time where I've kind of been like, I don't know if I can eat pineapple. I wonder, actually, if it's not the acid, but the enzymes. Because, enzyme? well... It, is it meat tenderizing us? No, except, well... It might be me tenderizing us because, like, pineapple juice, I think, is pasteurized, so it would not have live and active yes. enzymes in it. But fresh pineapple, yeah, like, you know. Oh, God. You, pi- pineapple ruins jello because it has an enzyme that breaks down the uh, gelatin. Know, gelatin and can be used as a meat tenderizer. Maybe, maybe we have been tenderizing our oh mouths. Oh, my God. So maybe it's not just like a little, you know, benign, like, acid. Reaction. Well, maybe I mean, I, I don't think it's like a but, serious medical problem. But maybe I'm like, you know, injuring my tissues. 
Or maybe you're just becoming more tender. It's true. I am slowly becoming more tender in life, I think. Mm. 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 Pineapple is so juicy. Oh, my God. It's so good. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, yeah. Matthew. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're ready for this treatise that I've got here. I've never been more ready. All right. So, pineapple is indigenous to South America. Okay. That makes okay. sense. And nobody knows like exactly where in South America, but it's thought to originate like between southern Brazil and Paraguay. Okay. So, you know, ar- around there. So, as usual, it was interesting trying to research this because, you know, as, as usual, the everything I found focused on like when white people found course, found right. pineapple and made it like important yeah, in quotes. Sure. Anyway, so uh, so I just want to acknowledge that bias here. Yes. Thank uh, you. Columbus encountered it in 1493 on the island of Guadalupe, and he brought it back to Spain, making it the first bromeliad to be introduced outside the New World. Question? Yeah. I'm not even going to ask. Just answer the question I was about to ask. What is a bromeliad? Oh, great. Do you want to answer it for us? No, I don't know the answer. Oh, well, it's- I know it's a- a, Is it a family of plants? It's a a family of plants. Phylum of plants? Oh, God, I don't know. Plants don't have phylums. They have divisions. I don't know what- taxonomic like okay. level it is sure. but anyway uh what i do remember i have to say i, I didn't go far down that rabbit hole in my research but it's something I, higher than a family i think matthew i've moved on from <laughs> okay. this um but anyway what i was gonna say is that you know air plants vaguely they're plants that um that you know don't root themselves into any soil or onto okay. any substrate or whatever, they get everything they need through these special pores. I on think their sometimes leaves. when I'm walking down the street, I bump into them. Air plants? Like, well, I mean, because they just hang out in the air, right? Well, yeah, but there aren't very many in. I've never seen them in Seattle. Oh, okay. I was in Austin recently. I was kind of imagining a plant like on a cloud. Matthew. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I know that air plants are a type of bromeliad. If if any of okay. our listeners are like hipster plant owners and are into their air plants, no, I don't think any of our listeners are hipster plant owners. Don't worry about it. I think that, <laughs> I, as I recall from from my little bit of reading about bromeliads, I think they all produce leaves in like a rosette pattern. Okay, which makes sense. You can see that on a pineapple. I can. I'm looking at one right now. Anyway, but um, there's something about like I'm not joking here. Like something about a pineapple that's like very relaxing to look at. Is it because it, it like when you when you look at it, do you start hearing like steel drums in your head, and do you imagine like I think so. I think that's part of it. A but swimming also, pool and like, your sunscreen is already applied and. Well, You've got nothing thing about the to sunscreen do. was very specific, weirdly specific. Well, because when I think about going to oh, a, okay. a beach or a pool, I'm like, oh god, but I have to put on sunscreen, right? Like when uh, when we have gone to the nude beach, like I had to oh, put god, on so, so much, much sunscreen. sunscreen. It's the worst thing about the nude beach. Okay. Anyway, so um, the Spanish then, you know, in, in all of their days of uh, of of your of imperialism. Oh, okay, that's what your means. They introduced it to the Philippines, Hawaii, Zimbabwe, and Guam, and the Portuguese took the fruit from Brazil and introduced it into India in the 1550s. All right. Anyway, Europe- I assume <clears throat> I assume the pineapple was welcomed everywhere it showed up. I the, think the it Europeans was not, not as much. So much. Anyway, Europeans were like into pineapple to a, a almost obscene degree. That makes sense. Um, this is, I mean, pineapple is the fruit of colonialism, basically. Okay. Okay, in the way that it, it spread and also, like, how it symbolized, like, 
power for these people. And probably bananas also, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I think there are a lot of things that are the, you know, the thing of colonialism. Yes. Anyway, Europeans built special things that they called pineapple stoves or like these special hot houses oh. to be able to grow them in Europe. And Did they, that work? Yes. They started doing this like in the 1600s. And uh, here's a quote from Wikipedia. Because of the expense of import and the enormous cost in equipment and labor required to grow them in a temperate climate like in Europe, using hot houses called pineries, pineapples soon became a symbol of wealth. Pineries. Pineries. So here's... I showed up to the banquet in all my pinery. <laughs> well, at the banquet, you might have found pineapples on display just as a show of wealth. Oh, and they would like, be like how I have this pineapple on display on it, my table. Exactly. But if you were in Europe like 400 or 500 years ago, you would have continually used the same pineapple over and over until it started to rot. What is wrong with people? I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like. I'm going to try and drop this like smoothly into conversation. But I, I this pineapple is not on sale. I paid a full three ninety nine for it, wow, and Matthew. It's, I'm going to display it here indefinitely. Great. Okay. Okay. By the second half of the 1700s, pineapple production on British estates was a subject of rivalry <gasps> between wealthy aristocrats who clearly had. Nothing better to worry about. Oh, like who has the bigger pineapple hothouse? Yeah, I mean, like forget about all those like serfs who are starving and stuff and like revolts. Like, no, no. So who so this was like can before, make the most pineapples before you could before they had cars. So like, oh, yeah. if you if you wanted if you wanted like, to, to show up how wealthy you were. something, you had to get a pineapple factory. You know, I would say that like BMWs or Teslas mm -hmm. are are like the pineapple of cars. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, like, if if uh, they can really fuck up the roof of your mouth. <laughs> okay, John Murray, who was the fourth Earl of Dunmore, oh, for people who are keeping count, my favorite Earl uh, of Dunmore. He built a hot house on his estate with a huge stone cupola, fourteen meters tall, in the shape of a pineapple, known as the Dunmore pineapple. Okay. Which Wikipedia describes as quote a folly ranked as the most bizarre building in Scotland. So basically, he had SpongeBob's house on his property. I don't know anything about SpongeBob. It, his, he lives in a pineapple. Oh, he does? He lives in a pineapple under the sea. That's the beginning of the SpongeBob theme song. Oh, God. Who lives in a pineapple he under the sea? He must be very tender. Yes. No wonder he's full of holes. He's, I mean, full, he's probably yeah. just falling apart. Uh, sometimes. Like, I mean, a sponge can, can, like, completely dissociate and then reform. And this happens on SpongeBob sometimes. God, that's cool. It is cool. I like, mean, when humans dissociate, it's, it's, just, not, it's never good. Ends well. It never you. Sometimes you don't ever come back together. I know. <laughs> We've been wondering what happened to Do Matthew. Do you mean like and... mentally dissociate or just get pulverized? Oh, okay, both. Yeah, okay. Okay. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. 
so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So I would love to know, like, what, I mean, well, well, maybe we'll get to this in a minute, but surely, like, uh, native peoples in South America had all kinds of names for pineapple. Sure. But anyway, the English word pineapple was first used to describe what we now call pine cones. Oh. And when European... So, like, they're the apples of the pine tree. Exactly. I get and, it. And when European explorers came to the Americas and, and saw what we now call the pineapple... They called it pineapple because it looked like a pine cone. Oh wait, and, and do you see what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, and but but potatoes are apples of the earth, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. in French, like so. Oh, everything I guess is apple, an apple. Like apple maybe had a much broader meaning you in know, the past. Uh, some might call pineapples the apple of the bromeliad. Some might. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the scientific name for these is ananas comosus. And that's the that's the French word for pineapple, right? Yeah, and it comes from the tupi word. Tupi being, I think, a language family in South America. Okay. Um, it comes from the tupi word nanas, which means excellent fruit, which also in French slang means Is like hot hot babes. Nanas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like check out those pineapples. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then comosus or comosus means tufted, referring to like the stem of it. And I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't mean that like as, like as an anatomical reference. I meant like she probably is wealthy enough to have a huge pineapple <laughs> hothouse on her <laughs> estate, or to have a like a, a Tesla or a Tesla, yeah, full of pineapples. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, oh my God, that's the other thing you would see in Thailand is like a pickup truck with full of thousands of pineapples in it. It is such a cool thing to see. Wow. In Greece, I saw pickup trucks full of, of live goats. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool, too. I mean, goats are the pineapples of the mountainside. <laughs> Apples of the mountain. I, what was the joke? <laughs> Never mind. Not sure. Okay. All right. So the pineapple plant can grow to five feet tall, Matthew. I don't know what a pineapple plant looks like. It. I. You know what? Uh, if you look it up, I, think I could you, look it up. Well, I think that anybody can kind of imagine what it looks like by looking at the like the. Um, I the think s- I sort of imagined them growing on palm trees, which is not right, is it? By looking at like the leaves of a pineapple fruit. So imagine um, the like a pineapple, right? This pineapple I don't have to imagine. It's right in front of me. Anyway, this thing grew out of the center of a of a rosette shaped like uh, plant okay. of, of leaves. Um, these like waxy kind of fibrous leaves. So it almost, I don't know, the way that like an agave plant or many like okay, succulents yeah. have um, like yes, this rosette shape to them. Imagine if in the middle, um, this this fruit grows out of the middle. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they have like, the, I think that they can grow quite like tall, obviously, mm-hmm. like five feet five tall. Feet, so heard, I think they can have somewhere. quite a stem on them. Anyway, it's got this like stocky stem that's got these tough waxy leaves. And this is really cool, okay, Matthew. Ready. Okay. Oh, this is so cool. Okay. So Wow. <laughs> so the pineapple, like as in the fruit, is what's called a multiple fruit. Okay, like a like a raspberry. That's not No. I don't know if that's quite right. Like a No. no. Can you just wait and okay. let me finish? So the pineapple fruit. So imagine this thing. I'm kind of just imagining it in my mind, kind of like an agave. Okay. Okay. 
So imagine this I'm, pineapple plant. It makes me really happy that you think I know what an agave looks like. Oh, really? Uh, well, oh. Okay. I mean, I, I, I sort of, it's sort of cactus-like, right? Yeah, it's like a, like a, it's su- like a bunch of leaves coming out of the ground, and then you drink it somehow. Whatever, okay. whatever you okay. All well, right, anyway. you do, you. It's probably a good thing that you can, don't have access to like the things that are in my head at all times. <laughs> it's, I'm glad. I've always been glad. Yeah. Anyway, so imagine that you've got this plant that's got this kind of like rosette shaped arrangement of these leaves. So right? are the pineapples like upside down on the plant? No. Hang on. Okay. Wait a second. Okay. So right in the middle of this plant, it produces this cluster of flowers. Okay. This cluster of flowers on a single stem, okay? All right. Each of these flowers has an ovary, right? Sure. Okay? So these ovaries, when they mature, they become what are called berries. Yeah. And then they fuse together to make one pineapple. Oh, okay. Okay? Uh, I think all our listeners should go look up a picture of of the pineapple flower. Okay. Because it basically looks like the fruit of a pineapple. Imagine that there's a stem. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Okay. It makes these beautiful purple flowers, but it's like many of them are like spirally around this stem. And you can imagine how if each of them has an ovary, those ovaries like coalesce to form a large compact fruit that we call a pineapple. Another example of a multiple fruit is a fig. Oh, yeah. Do you see see. what I mean? That's like a a massive inflorescence. Yes, which becomes an infructescence. Whoa. Hey, producer Abby, can you put the explicit tag on because of that thing (laughs) Molly just said? I spent a long time reading about about inflorescence and Uh different types of inflorescence. This is something I remember well from botany class. Reading about infructescence, which is when you get... A, a bunch of, of fruits stuck yeah. together. Yes. <laughs> or fruits forming in like a pattern. So anyway, I think you can imagine this when you look at a pineapple, especially if you look up a picture of the the flower. Yes. Um, but anyway, a fig is also made the same way. Oh, okay. So, but, but those are made by wasps, right? I don't remember what wasps do with the figs. They pollinate it. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, the fruit of a pineapple is arranged in two interlocking helices. <laughs> Eight in one direction oh. and 13 in another, each being a Fibonacci number. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of those in nature. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Yes. Um, I'm super into this. I don't know. I was going to say, like, can, can we, like, throw the golden ratio in here somewhere? Is that why I love looking at this pineapple? Is it because of the golden ratio? Probably not. That's probably not okay. why you love yeah, it. Yeah, probably not. Um Okay, so Matthew, do you want to do you want to talk about the the CAM photosynthesis? Okay, yes, I I saw this. I saw you put this down, and I was like, I know I learned about this at some point, and I have to remind myself. So here's what CAM photosynthesis is. I know everybody, like all of our listeners, whatever they're doing, they've they've stopped doing it so that they can uh, focus <laughs> on nothing but this uh, this brief lecture on CAM photosynthesis. So it's like it's night photosynthesis. Okay, right. So so photosynthesis has two parts. There's the fixing of the carbon, so taking CO2 from the air and turning Mm -hmm. it into some kind of organic molecule Mm -hmm. and then using that to make energy. Okay. Right? So in a typical plant, both of those things happen during the day. You pick up some CO2 from the air, you hand it over to the Calvin cycle to make the energy. Okay. But because pineapples grow in hot, dry climates um, or like hot climates – they keep their leaf holes, stoma, 
uh, closed during the day so mm. they don't dry out. Okay. But because the, the leaf holes are closed, the carbon can't get in. Oh. And so they open up those leaf holes at night. <gasps> they let that sweet carbon dioxide flow in. They turn it into malic acid. And okay. then they wait patiently until and- daytime when they feed, they convert that malic acid back into CO2 and send it over to the Calvin cycle and uh, make that energy, that, oh that delicious energy. Nature is so cool. Yeah. And malic acid is the same type you, of, like, of and acid if you, you looked, find in an apple. If you, right? if you like went out into the pineapple fields at night, you wouldn't even see this going on, but like it's all happening. Yes. But if you had like a telescope. Isn't that beautiful? A telescope. If you had a telescope. <laughs> you still wouldn't you see it You st- would see nothing. <laughs> I mean, you might you, see like a really close-up pineapple. If you had some way, if you had a telescope, you could spy on photosynthesis happening in your neighbor's pineapple house, which is fucking bigger than my pineapple house, and I'm so mad about you know, this. I need the, to put a new wing on my pineapple had, house. If we. <laughs> Great. Okay. Anyway, I was going to say that um, if we had some mechanism for looking at like the stoma of the leaves while they're still on the living pineapple plant, we which could see we this could. Happening. I think we could do that. Yeah. Anyway, pineapples are primarily pollinated in the wild by hummingbirds. Is that true? It's. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not doubting you. I'm just. I'm just delighted. Well, yeah. In the wild, um, certain wild varieties are also pollinated at night by bats. Oh. The pineapples now, are actually the coolest thing we've ever talked about. This might the be the coolest thing we've ever talked about. Thank you again, listener Laura. Like, now, my, my stereotype about bats, and I realize now this is going to turn out to be an unfair oh, stereotype, Matthew. is that bats are drawn to stinky flowers. Hmm, okay. But there are lots of kinds of bats, and why would bats only like stinky flowers? Well... It's like saying that dogs are, you know, always drawn to poop. Like, well, they're drawn to poop for but all, sure. But also lots of other But things. also lots of other things that actually Basically anything that's on the ground. I mean, I don't know anything about bats yet. I've just proposed this. So if we have a bat scientist. Um, what do you think a bat scientist is called? Um, what's it? I don't know. Is it is a chiropter? Is chiroptera? Is that bats? Is it like a chiropterologist? Let's say that's what it is. If you're a chiropterologist, get in touch. Anyway, cultivated pineapples... If that's not a thing, but you study bats, also get in touch. Cultivated pineapples are pollinated by hand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the most influential pineapple industrialist, which is a phrase I'd never thought of before, was, of course, James Dole, who was an American... Sure who moved to Hawaii in 1899 and started a plantation there. And today, pineapple production in Hawaii has actually declined a lot. Okay. But we still think of, like, any dish that contains pineapple as being Hawaiian. Oh, absolutely. Because of, like, our historical or our in- industrial linkage of pineapple Well, and, and probably, like, so a, because, because in part of, because of Trader Vic's. I guess I guess that's that's more like Polynesian in general, but yeah. But I think of when I think of Trader Vic's, which I never have never been to, and I don't know if it still exists. I imagine things like a dish with a with rings of pineapple and like a and like a maraschino cherry, which yes. I could also be thinking of like, which is also a very American like ham garnish. It's a very American ham garnish. That might be also what I'm thinking of. Um. Anyway, today Costa Rica is the largest grower of pineapples. Okay, but it's. They use a lot of pesticides, and this is like there's been a lot of uh, political sort of upheaval about this because most of the farm workers in Costa Rica are apparently um, Nicaraguan migrants, 
And so they're suffering the effects of this pesticide use. Um, Once again, this is a comedy show. This uh, pineapple that we've been staring at is a Costa Rican pineapple. Oh, great. Now I don't like looking at it as much because you told me that. Take it back. Yeah, no, but I remember years ago reading somewhere about about Costa Rican pineapple production and being like, okay, I, I won't buy Costa Rican pineapples anymore. But the, most of the world's pineapples are grown in Costa Rica. However, so, they're grown in lots of other places, too. I mean, this one is certified sustainably grown, which is probably means nothing. Um, the something I noticed about this pineapple, it's first of all, like it's a fruit that comes with like a tag hanging off of it. Mm-hmm. And if I want more information, I can go to fruits.com. Wow. How much do you think they had to pay for that website? A lot. Like, do you know how often, like probably once a month, I think to myself, you know, I was there like at the dawn of the internet and I could have bought any domain name that I wanted for $70 and like, why didn't I buy, you know, pineapple.com? Be a domain squatter? Yes. Why? Like I should have been a domain squatter. If I had, if I had registered sex.com, I would be that sex.com guy that I think was profiled on an episode of Startup. So Matthew, but I, I feel like if you had if you'd become this kind of like um magnate. Magnate. I don't th- know if that's uh, how you pronounce ty- that ty- word. Tycoon. If I yeah, if I become a tycoon. We we probably wouldn't be doing this show. No, I would be better than this. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Just would, by just by knowing you. I would have put all my money into a pineapple hothouse. Mm-hmm. Of and course you would. You would have the the Amster Burton pineapple instead of the Dunmore pineapple. Exactly. What do you think of? Oh, also, I live in the past, the distant past. Well, yes, you are the f- okay. fourth Earl of. Mm, I want to be the third Earl. What would you want to be the Earl of? Well, okay, Earl of Sandwich is taken. Mm-hmm. Um, can I be like the Earl of Tacos? Probably. It doesn't okay. have a very good ring to no. it. No. Um, okay, I'll, I'll think about okay. this. Okay. Um, what do you think of the fresh cut pineapple versus the canned pineapple? So we're eating fresh cut pineapple like from the produce section at the grocery store, and I think it is far superior to canned it's pineapple. It's much better than canned pineapple. Having said that, canned pineapple is not bad. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about like actually cooking with pineapple? Yeah, please. So we talked about it as like a garnish on hams in the U.S. Of course, there's the uh, the Hawaiian quote unquote pizza, which has uh, yes. pineapple and Canadian bacon. Of course, in fruit salad, putting a grilled ring on a hamburger. Yeah, that's that's good. Like on a teriyaki burger. Have you ever had like a burger no. with teriyaki sauce and a grilled pineapple ring? Very tasty. Cool. There are, of course, Thai sour curries that have pineapple in them. Yep. Also, uh, like uh, fried rice with little pineapple chunks oh, is very I good. I had that. Yeah. Um, there is this this drink from Sonora, Mexico called tepache, which is a fermented drink that's made from the, the peel and rind of pineapples. Oh, I did, I've never heard of that. I wonder what it's like. Um, I have no idea. I'm really curious about it. Um, and then, of course, like, I mean, you know, since... So, so a lot of pineapples are also grown grown in the Philippines, and so there are a lot of uh, Filipino dishes that involve pineapple. Uh, this braised meat dish called af- afritada. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. That sounds good. Oh my gosh! And also, sorry, Matthew. I mean, yes. we just have so much information. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm here. So, a particular type of pineapple called Spanish red um, was once grown like extensively in the Philippines, and the leaves were used. Spanish red would be such a cool nickname something to strive for maybe well, when no, you, not for me i feel like it's like when you start like like if you're in a biker gang yes. you could be spanish red right you'd have to be like you'd have to either speak spanish or be spanish yeah for sure for sure okay but anyway i like that a lot 
so the Spanish red pineapple in the Philippines, its leaves were the source of this particular fiber that they used in traditional weaving. And um, yeah, the fabric made from these fibers became like coveted, of course, in Europe. Yeah, of course. Anyway, um, but the the industry in the Philippines. So so it's like, you know, I'm I'm like the Earl of Earl of Crumwich and like I've got a big pineapple house. But then like the Earl next door is like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing pineapple, bitch. Exactly. That's what it was like. But anyway, in World War II, the industry was kind of destroyed and it's still like kind of barely revived. But anyway, um, in the, well, that got sad, right? But how cool! I mean, yes, they would harvest these that. fibers from the the leaves. So cool. Anyway, oh, and here is the the thing about um. Okay, well, can I tell you about some diseases that affect pineapples? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Maybe these affect other other um, types Pe- of plants too. But but people? I I thought they sounded pretty great okay. as a list. Wilt disease, citrus pink disease. Bacterial heart rot, fungal... Bacterial heart rot. Oh, shit. Now I'm going to be worried about that. Fungal heart rot, root rot, black rot, butt rot. Well, wait, wait, let's pause. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just I'm said no butt rot. I'm no longer worried about bacterial heart rot. I'm now worried about butt rot. Fruitlet core rot and yellow spot virus. You know, the thing is... We we you read that and I'm laughing at those at that list of funny names. But if any of our listeners are a pineapple farmer, like now they're sad. Yeah, this episode is filled with facts and sadness. <laughs> but you know what? Get over it. So Matthew, pineapples are symbols of hospitality. People like to do things like they, they are. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I first learned about this. So. I remember in college reading this book called Plays Well with Others by Alan Gerganis. Okay. I know the title and the author. Uh, so he also wrote because The Oldest Living that. Confederate Widow Tells All. Okay, there we go. But anyway, he wrote this book called Plays Well with Others, which is a... Go on. I have a, a question. Have yeah. you read Oldest Living Confederate Widow Tells I All? I haven't, but I have it. I've okay. never read it. Because I, I know that book title very well. I have no idea whether it's like a story told for the perspective of a Confederate widow or if that's just a metaphor. I feel dumb because I don't know either, and I've had it on my shelf for probably two okay, decades. Okay, listeners, if you've read that book, what's it about? Facebook.com slash Podcast. Well, so I can tell you, Plays Well with Others is an incredible novel set in uh, in New York in the the like peak of of the the AIDS crisis. Okay. It's told from the perspective of this one guy who's talking about his friend, I believe Robert, who when the book starts is in the hospital and Robert's family is coming to to visit. And I remember that Robert's bed, I think Robert has like a four poster bed that has pineapples um like as the caps to the oh, posters. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. Right? And and so I mean this whole book is so god, it's so it's so funny and so sad. Yeah. Uh, it's the first book that ever made me cry. Oh. Um, anyway, but it's, the writing is so incredible. And I just remember him, I remember this friend thinking, uh, this guy, think the narrator thinking about his friend Robert having these pineapples, you know, at the sure. corners of his bed, you know, like how perfect it was because Robert was quite a sexual creature. And um, wait, well, so the pineapples being symbols of hospitality. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Like, please. 
Come into my and bed. Also, and also they, they open their leaf holes at night. Yes. Yes. That too. Um, there is this incredible scene in the book, like very early on, that involves a whole bunch, of, like a, a bag full of dildos breaking <laughs> in a subway car <laughs> and, and like dildos just like bouncing everywhere. And it wow. is... Wow. Oh, it is an incredibly wow. written scene. This book is really... It is written with this incredible like density of like um, detail and voice and humor. It's amazing. It's such a good book. But anyway, that was where I first learned that pineapples were a symbol of hospitality. Those bouncing around a subway car. It's the best thing. It was. It's an amazing image in the book. Anyway, but uh, what I was going to say is, so you know, you'll see pineapples sometimes as like a finial on a lampshade. Oh yeah, or like so, a door knocker. It's like one of these like images from nature that just as soon as someone saw it, they're like, we're going to put this on everything. I think. I mean, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that it was also associated with wealth. Yeah, probably. So I wonder if it started out as a symbol of wealth and then somehow like morphed into just sort of a general symbol that came to me in like welcoming or uh, yeah, that's possible. like we can provide for you yeah. here or. Why do you think they put maple leaves on everything in Canada? Oh, gosh, I can't imagine why. Okay. So, Matthew, let's talk about, like, how to buy pineapple okay. and all that stuff. Um, I don't – I mean, I bought this pineapple because, I mean, it looked they, – they all looked the same. <laughs> I don't know how to buy pineapple. <laughs> Wait, tell you, me. Did you smell it? No. I didn't know you were supposed to. Oh, yeah. So you smell it. Here, hand me the pineapple. <clears throat> so this was how my dad taught me to buy a pineapple. You um, Oh. You smell it. Matthew, I'm here to say this one just smells kind of like the inside of, a like, a crate – Okay. I don't think we should. That's, it was probably shipped in a crate. I don't think we should cut into this one yet. Okay, but but I don't think pineapples ripen off the tree. It's true. Well, then let's cut into it. Okay. Will you do I it? Because really, I don't know how. I don't really want to get up. Can okay. we cut into it later? How sure. about I describe it right now? Okay. So here's the thing with pineapple. You you got to lop off the leafy top. Yeah. Okay. And then you can use that part as a garnish. <laughs> yes, because like I've had, I've had like a like a Thai fried rice. I've, first of all, I've had Thai fried rice served in a hollowed out pineapple, but I've also, which is kind of silly. You, but now you're just bragging. But I've had it like like you know served like on a plate, but then with, garnished with the lopped off pineapple top. So yeah, I think that if you really want to be classy, you, 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 gotta, you garnish you with that top. with your lopped off top. But anyway, I always lop off the top and I lop off the bottom. So uh -huh. I've got this that cylinder sense. that I can stand on a cutting board. And then um, you've got to cut off the rind. Yeah. You you kind of just do this by eye and you get a feel for it. If you if you don't cut enough of the rind, if you don't cut enough thickness of the rind off, you'll see that you're leaving behind kind of these little brown yes. seedy type right. things. So anyway, you got to cut off the rind all the way around. Well, then you're left with this cylinder of what looks like a big, just mass of pineapple meat. However, in the middle is this woody core. Right. So there are a couple different strategies for this. You can like cut down the sides around the core. Like this is how I do a parsnip. Yes, exactly. You can you can do that. Or sometimes I do have, a parsnip. Sometimes I have also just cut straight down the middle. So I wind up with like uh, like an eastern and western hemisphere of the pineapple. Yep. And that's then I a, that's what they're called. Lay it down on the on the the cut side and cut it into three long wedge strips and then cut the core out of out of the, the middle wedge one? strips. Wait. A oh, yeah, okay. Do you see yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, remember when we had our listeners write in with what they what thought they think of that a raclette grill griddle thing looked uh -huh. like? 
Why don't you guys write in with what you think I just said? I don't know. I think this time it's going to turn out everyone knows exactly what you meant except me. Yeah. I'm but scared. Anyway, so, you know, dealing with a pineapple is is quite easy, actually. It's just okay. sort of annoying because you are, it feels like you're cutting off so much stuff. I mean, dealing with the geopolitical effects of, of pineapple colonialism is not as easy. No, it's not. That's never going to get easier. Okay, so do you? how often do you buy a whole pineapple? Are you more likely to buy a whole pineapple than a cut-up pineapple? It's certainly cheaper. I feel like the only time I ever buy a whole pineapple is when, to for instance— To mount on your bedpost yes, to send a exactly, message. exactly, when I'm courting someone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I do is I turn the heat way up in my house and just leave a bunch of pineapples around <laughs> so people think that they're stepping into a pineapple hothouse. Wow. Wow. That's a real show-off Works every move time. There. Big show-off move. Now, I would say I buy a pineapple maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. when there are like, like on a particular day? When, no, when there are like organic pineapples like on sale yeah. or something. You know, I was recently teaching this workshop in Santa Fe and I went to the grocery store the night that I arrived there to buy like some big bottles of water to just have with me. And for some reason, I was really craving pineapple. And so I bought like a, you know, a container in the produce section mm-hmm. of cut up pineapple and ate it the next couple of mornings. It was so delicious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the best. It's one of the most consistently good things you will find in the like prepared produce section. Yes. Yeah. That was a lot of qualifiers. Wow, that was. Um, so something uh, that wife of the show, Lori, reminded me of uh, last night is that uh, there are several pineapple shake episodes in our favorite milkshake book, Thoroughly Modern Milkshakes by Adam Reed. So there's the pineapple ginger and lime shake. How could that be bad? There's the pineapple foster shake. And there's a, a couple of uh, Mexican and Latin American-inspired pineapple drinks, including the um, pineapple liquado, which is uh, like a liquado is like kind of like agua fresca, I guess. It is just it's, it's like it's like but but with ice. Um, so it's uh, it is made with nothing but ice, water, lime juice, pineapple chunks, and a little bit of sugar mm-hmm. blended up. Mm. And know- he says definitely use the cut fresh pineapple. So when I was coming back from Santa Fe, uh-huh. um, I like my flight was delayed and I had to stay overnight at this like um, airport hotel in Phoenix. OK. Um, but I got to eat their free, uh, you know, buffet, buffet, breakfast buffet the next morning. Yes. Which was really exciting. <laughs> and anyway, they had, um, uh, you know, under a sneeze guard, like three bowls of, of <laughs> under, cut up fruit. Under the, the Tuscan sneeze guard. <laughs> they had three different bowls of cut up fruit. One was pineapple, one was cantaloupe, and one was honeydew. Part of what I think is really nice about pineapple is you can always tell when it is fresh or when it is canned. Absolutely. Like, like Immediately. They, they do not look the same. No, and the can gets sort of translucent. Yeah. Yeah. And this was um, freshly cut up pineapple. Yeah. And man, that was, you know, it was all worth it, that mm-hmm. extra night in, in Phoenix. Did you did you go to uh, any of the Chris Bianco properties? No, I ate a Cobb salad in the uh, in the, the hotel bar at like 1130 p.m. Live it up. Yeah, dra- uh, drank a Negro Modelo with it. God, mm-hmm. it was delicious. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Is there more to the pineapple story? Do you ever? Hopefully, not much more. I mean, do you ever? Way out of time. Do you ever cook with it? Do you ever? Um, not so much. I I mean, I have made fried rice with pineapple, and I've made. Uh, you know what? I actually like a pepperoni and pineapple pizza better than a 
Hawaiian pizza. I've never had a pepperoni and pineapple. Um, one time, like, you know, uh, the only time I've ever had a mystical experience in my life is <laughs> one time, many, many years ago, I was saying to probably wife of the show, Lori, you know, I love getting a slice at Pagliacci uh, in Seattle, and I do it all the time, um, but you know, I wish they would sometimes put out pepperoni and pineapple as a slice. Like, I know no one really likes pepperoni and pineapple but me, but like, that would be so cool. The next day, I go into the Pagliacci, and what do I find? Pepperoni and pineapple, which I know they have ne- had never put on the slice bar before because I've been going there a couple times a week for years. Wow. I'm so happy for you, Matthew. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I ever saw it again. It was really weird. Wow, I feel like um, something cosmic was revealed to you. I think so. It definitely wasn't a total coincidence. Definitely not. For pizza, I kind of prefer canned pineapple, I think. I don't know if I've actually ever eaten pineapple on a pizza. Really? I am a real pizza purist. But at the same time, I'm just an asshole because I've just never tried it. Yeah, but I mean, I think Hawaiian is a pure pizza. I think you're right. I think that it has it has earned the right to stick around. I think it's I think it's a clean a, food. Oh god. Well, All I right. think that's the cue for us to cool. close this episode. Um, you can find us online at uh, facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast and spilledmilkpodcast.com. I think we asked you to weigh on weigh in on a couple of things like I don't what, even remember what, is, now. what is a what does it look like when Molly cuts up a pineapple and like who was the fifth Earl of Chumberwelly or something. Um, what should Matthew be the Earl of? What should I be the Earl of? Yeah. That, that is a very good question. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Let's like, crowdsource it. We, it's been too long since we've given me a fake title. And uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. You can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Please uh, leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to the show. What else? What else have you got for the people? Nothing. I left it all on the agenda. All right. Uh, Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I'm the organist. (laughs) Matthew, I'm not going home with you. (laughs) Jeez, stop trying. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Wait, you're already in my home. (laughs) This is awkward. So then are you going to cut up the pineapple during the episode? I guess. Okay. I mean, you don't have to. We could just talk about it. Okay. All right. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.